We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I'm Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour and the FFPC. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Balkman and the FFPC on Twitter at FFPC. This week, I'm talking with Scott Kobe, a winner of seven FFPC leagues and the 2021 FFPC Super Bracket runner-up team owner. In this episode, we break down his hits and misses for 2021 and where some of the most polarizing players will go in 2022 FFPC drafts. Plus, he gives us some insight on players to target, fade in the 2021-2022 world-famous FFPC playoff challenge, which will pay out a $500,000 grand prize this February. Before we get into the show, I want to remind everyone that you can get a listeners-only 10% discount to Rotoviz by using the code RVRADIO2021. That's R-V-R-A-D-I-O-2021. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the Rotoviz content and tools, and it supports the podcast channel as well. Now, without further ado, here is the 2021 FFPC Super Bracket Tournament runner-up, Scott Kobe. Ringing in 2022 here on the Road of His High Stakes Lowdown with a, I believe I counted right, seven-time FFPC League champion, a guy who came up just short, one Deontay Johnson touchdown short of winning the $10,000 FFPC uh, Super Bracket Grand Prize this year. He was the runner-up. Uh, had a good season overall as well, and he's here to talk about it. It is Scott Kobe. Scott, welcome to the High Stakes Lowdown, man. Good to have you. Thanks, Eric. Glad to be here. The Super Bracket is an interesting format where you have all these teams that qualify for it, and then it's like sort of like the March Madness thing. Everybody gets seated, and it keeps going down, 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 Elite Eight, Final Four, Championship, which is what you were in. And I know that's got to be kind of a wild ride. We were talking right before we started recording tonight. Um, it, It seemed like the first few weeks before the championship, stuff was falling your way. And it kind of seemed like it, this was lining up to be your year. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah. So the first week, first week went by fine. No, no, uh, no obstacles. The second week, Tyler Higby had that COVID positive, and the day after, it was a for, false positive. For, so. for the guy, and that was that was the guy you were playing, right? 
The guy I was playing had Higby and Gay, and I had Cooper Cup left that night. Got it. Okay. It was the Arizona Rams Monday night game. And about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, Higby was ruled out with COVID. So it was basically Gay against Cooper Cup, and Cup went off that night. Right. And then the following day, Higby was false positive back in the the lineup for them. Mm -hmm. And then the next week, it was his receivers. He had Jerry Judy, Amari Cooper. They had to combine like five or six points or something. Dodge those uh, bullets. Yep. So I dodged that bullet. And then the next week I won by 0.05 because the the football team decided to pull all their players, you know, in the third quarter. Dallas had had totally annihilated them. So I won that week too by 0.05. And then I was up by 13 and a half going into Monday night. And if Deontay Johnson doesn't score that touchdown, I win that game. So that's how close, that's how close it was the whole, whole thing. So, and you know, I don't, I don't know if you have this as, as well, but when I'm watching like the Steelers games, they have all the, and this is when Schmidt Smith Schuster was healthy too. They all have those one jerseys like in the teens. And I never know who catches it. You know, I got to look. So, Oh, was that Johnson? No, it was Washington. Oh no, that was Smith. You know what I mean? Like you can never tell. On, on any of these guys, isn't Claypool a, uh, like ten or something like that too? Uh, I think, I think he's, he's a, eleven. Eleven, maybe? yeah. So something I mean, like it, that, yeah. it's just wild watching, and like I never know um, uh, and, until um, it, you know they actually you know get up and I and I see the number. It's so annoying watching the Steelers, and that's probably yeah. going to happen again next year as well. So quite the yeah. ride for you in the Super Bracket. You can't wait to to get another crack at it, though, right? I'm I'm I wish it was tomorrow the draft because I'm dying to get back <laughs> at it again. To, to try again. It was my first year in it. Uh, a friend of mine was in it. He said, why don't you try it? So I gave it a shot, drafted from the 10 spot, which isn't a great spot to draft from. And then my team just, you know, cup and tail of who knew they were going to come through all year. So I saw, um, I, and I don't know how you feel about this too, but I saw a tweet from Darren Armani, fantasymojo.com at fantasymojo on Twitter. And he posted, this was um, the the percentages of teams in the championship round from each draft spot, yeah. and the top four um, teams, the top four draft picks that got the most teams in the championship round, yeah. and, and I don't know what order they were in, but it was nine through twelve, wow. and the bottom four uh, teams uh, draft picks to get the most teams in the championship round, it was one through four, which yeah. is pretty wild, you know. And I and I guess McCaffrey's injury had had a lot to do with that. Certainly, Dalvin Cook missed some games uh, as well. But and I feel like this is kind of a recurring theme, and I don't know what your experience is. But it, you know, if I'm drafting late, like nine through twelve, I don't necessarily look at it as like, oh, I'm behind the eight ball already. It seems like these teams at the back ends of the drafts, as you proved this year in Super Bracket, you can have a lot of success there. Yeah, you can, you can, you, you know, you hit on those receivers late in the first round. You know, you pick up a, a stud running back, like I did with Taylor. You know, early second or late first, I forget. Um, and you could go places if if Taylor has a huge year like he did, and you pair him up with the right receivers, you you can go deep into a playoff run. I can't I cannot remember your entire starting lineup um, in that Super Bracket final, but I do know you had Mike Evans on the bench there, and obviously we got some reports in before kickoff. Uh, you know he he's going to be active, but we don't know how healthy he is. He may just be out there you know, half the snaps or even a quarter of the snaps or whatever it is, maybe just red zone stuff. How difficult, how seriously did you look at starting Mike Evans in one of your flex spots? Because you, I know you put in Boston Scott in there who went off, which was yeah. fantastic for you. But yeah. where did Evans figure in, into your thought process here for week 17? 
So it came down to Evans and Gage for me. I had Russell Gage in, in the receiver spot, I believe it was. Uh, yeah, it was. And, um, you know, I'd read the reports. He was gassed when he came off. He went on the COVID two days later. He was off the COVID list. So, and the hamstring injury. So that kind of bothered me. And then I heard, I saw Adam Schefter put out a tweet that he was going to be limited capacity. And right there I said, okay, Atlanta's going to have to throw to keep up with Buffalo. So Gage is probably going to get, you know, a few catches. So it be, as the morning went on, it became a, an easier and easier decision for me. But when you're staring there looking at Evans on your bench, once the game starts, it's like, oh, God. And then I see him score that touchdown. I'm like, yeah. oh. And it, it turned out to be that that, you know, between Zeke and between Evans is six points more than Gage. That was the difference. And yeah. When I'm losing. And, and that's often what it comes down to is those, yeah. you know, decisions yeah. like that. You know, everybody um, says play your studs. But I was like, all right, everything's going against Evans. And who knows? I mean, who right. knew what was going to happen in that game? So. To me, it, it became a, a gauge decision clearly. So I, I would have done the same thing as you. You know, like when stuff like that, when you're hearing that Sunday morning, uh, it's just like alarm bells are going off in my head. You know, I, I could play Evans and certainly he has the higher upside, but how much is that upside tempered when I know Russell Gage is going to be out there for 80, 85% of the snaps and Mike Evans might only be out there for 20, you know? Yeah. And, 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 and Gage has been such a PPR guy coming on, you know, late in the year with, with no Ridley. Um, he's almost been a must flex here in the FFPC. No doubt. Exactly. And then Gage has been the top, top 20 receiver in the last like six or seven weeks of the year so, season. So, um, so it became a much easier decision for me as I looked at it. Like you said, Evans, there was just so much stuff swirling around him that I was like, you know, in a super bracket final, do I really want to look at him getting maybe one or two engaged getting like 12 or 15? And, and I just wasn't comfortable with that. So. Scott, you, um, I mean, I'm already thinking 2022 drafts. I look at your roster. You had the best running back in the league on your team, Jonathan Taylor. You had the best wide receiver in the league in Cooper Cup on this team. With those guys, um, I mean, it, it's going to be near impossible to get them both on, on the same team next year. But as you look at drafts and you kind of think about where some of these guys are going to go in your mind, where do you think Taylor and Cup go in, in FFPC drafts, which – by the way, it'll probably open up in about two and a half weeks with with some of the $35 best balls. So where do you think those guys are going to go? I think Taylor's one or two for sure. Um, no doubt in my mind. I think, uh, you know, him and Derrick Henry coming back. And Cup is going to be a mid to late first round pick, I think. You know, he's got connection with Stafford. He Even with Woods in the lineup, he still was, was going off for 20 to 30 points every week. And some weeks, 35 so then I don't think they're going to get out of the first round. I think Adams and Cup are going to be the top two receivers, and Henry and Taylor are going to be the top two running backs. We're going to talk. We're going to talk about Jamar Chase a little bit uh, later on. We we talk yeah. a little bit about dynasty. Where does Chase figure into twenty twenty two drafts? Is he a first round pick? Because that week he, seventeen is going to be fresh in everybody's minds. Yeah, late first, early second for sure. I mean, he those him and Waddle, those two first year receivers were amazing this year. So. Um, Chase is a first or early second rounder for sure. I mean, people are going to reach for them because of the young status, even in redraft league. So, um, you know, he could go anywhere from pick number nine to probably pick number 16 overall, I think. So. Um, I And I think I brought it up on the show several times. The guy I regret missing out on in all my drafts, Dynasty and redraft this past year, was Jalen Waddle. I just, I, for whatever reason, when it came to picking him, and I don't know if like that foot injury – 
played in my mind when I was watching him, you know, limp around the national championship game for Alabama. I don't know if I, if I overvalued that, but I missed so badly on him. How did you fall in with, with Waddle and draft season this year? Did you get a bunch of shares of him or how did that play out for you? I did not get a bunch of shares of Waddle. Um, I didn't know how uh, him and Tua, even though they played in college, would would mesh together in the NFL. But as the season went along, he became he became a stud. Um, you know, I got him on one or two teams, I believe, um, and that was it. And I'm going to be trying to trade to to get him. You know, not astronomically high, but trading something fairly to to try to get him on my teams. Yeah, because I think he's going to take. I think him and Chase are going to be the two. Top NFL wide receivers in the next three to five years, I believe. Yeah, and they're different types of players, but as far as fantasy goes, they both rack up a ton of points. You know, and and like Waddle, Waddle has sort of that, like he's he's so good underneath, um, like with Tonga Vailoa this year, and you think like, oh, okay, so he's like he's like a Welker Renfro, you know, um, slot guy, right? No, he's he can get deep too. I mean, he can make big plays. He can do it all. Yeah, and and to to any owner. He's a set it and forget it type of guy. He's he's gonna be in your lineup every week, and that's you know you feel safe and comfortable looking at your lineup, saying okay, Waddle's gonna be in there, Chase is gonna be in there, um, you know stuff like that. So Waddle has come on. I think they can do numerous things. Play him out of the slot, play him on the outside. They can even run him on end arounds in the backfield. That's the type of receiver you want to have on your team as your number one. So a, a, a quarterback that you wanted to have on your team as as uh, your number one this year is Tom Brady. Now, Scott, when I when I typically draft teams, and and you know it varies, and I can't I don't play in the FFPC where you could there's a there's a zillion ways to build a lineup, right? Because I'm, yeah. I'm I work for the company, but um, there's a, di- a zillion different ways so you can build your teams different ways. Like when I'm when I play in like like the KFFSC or, or some of my other home leagues or whatever, it's usually two running backs, three receivers, a tight end, a flex, a, and single quarterback, right? So yeah. I, I I wouldn't say there's a template I follow. But I, I do like to get a couple of running backs in, in the first four or five rounds, um, and I like to load up on receivers. I always try to get like a top three or four, maybe top five tight end in there, and I'll wait on quarterback. And one of the quarterbacks, actually two quarterbacks, um, that I got a bunch this year by waiting um, on them, um, Matthew Stafford and yep. then Tom Brady. And you got Tom Brady. You have Tom Brady in a ton of your leagues, and, and he yep. puts up – he's coming off the Super Bowl win. He's coming off, and he turns out one of his best seasons of the year. Why did high stakes players let him slip so far in drafts? Why did we let this happen? I don't know because I did an auction the day after the Thursday night game, Tampa and Dallas, right? And I got him for like six dollars oh. in the auction, and I was I was shocked. I, you know, I just threw up six dollars. You know, guy went four, five, and then I went six, and it was crickets. And I was like, wow. Um, and did you have a quarterback at that time? And the, and the, this I is did one of not. the this is one of the high stakes auctions for the FFPC at Planet Hollywood, right? That you were yes. doing, yeah. Yes. And and so you didn't have a quarterback. So boom, all of a sudden you got six bucks on a guy uh, and your starting quarterback that not only is coming off a Super Bowl win, um, but has Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, Rob Krakowski, all these yeah. weapons to throw to. You must have just been loving life. I was, and the other thing is he came off a thirty point game the night before. Right. That's so, right, he played so the night like, before. Yeah, so. To me, I don't know why he slipped. I think everybody was just in love with Mahomes, Allen, uh, Hertz. Hertz was another guy that was going probably a little bit earlier than Brady in some yep. drafts that I was in. Um, you know, Stafford, everybody was on Stafford, Russell Wilson. So Brady was like the ninth or tenth quarterback in all my drafts, basically. And when I get to like the eighth or ninth round, I'm looking 
at the quarterbacks, and I'm saying he's still there. So I had to take him because I didn't. I felt like he wasn't coming back to me. So people just let him fall. Maybe because it was his, it's his age. Maybe they think he's he's gonna fall off a cliff. I mean, if that's the if that's the case, he's probably gonna drop again in 2022. Wouldn't you think? I would think so. I think he's gonna be probably a seventh, eighth, or ninth rounder, yeah. which is a little too late for him because people are gonna go after the Mahomes, Allen's, Hurts. What about Lamar Jackson? He's still gonna be up there, right? Yeah, he's gonna drop a little bit though. I think. I think because of the late season injury here this year. Exactly. Exactly. It's just like Burrow's gonna be on the rise next year too because of what he's done at the end of the year. So, Um, talking tight ends here, you saw how they finished um, in the FFPC this year. How do you think it? As you look into the Kobe crystal ball here, how do you see the order of the top five guys uh, going at the position in the FFPC next year? What order do you think? You know Kelsey and Andrews and and Kittle and 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 you know Pitts and Hawkinson, yeah. whoever. How do you think those are are going to go in, in next year's drafts? So I, I think Kelsey's still going to be the top tight end. I think Andrews is going to closely follow by. Um, I think it's going to be Kittle, Waller, and Pitts. I think that's the top five right now. Hawkinson and Goddard are going to be six and seven, but the top five are probably going to be pretty pretty steady like that in, in a lot of drafts, high stakes drafts. Andrews is a stud. I mean, he's going to be close to Kelsey next year for sure. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he was, and I don't know if he still is, but late in the season, I think he was tops in the league among tight ends in receptions, yards, and touchdowns, which is yeah. which is pretty crazy. It's tough to do. And some of that, by the way, was catching passes from um, um, uh, Snoop Huntley too. I mean, that was yeah. that was the other thing is, is he was doing it with with multiple quarterbacks. Certainly um, impressive stuff for Mark Andrews. That's the type yeah. of guy that could, that could really shoot up. And Josh Johnson, too, for a week. So. And Josh Johnson. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. I played him in one of the Super Bracket weeks. He got 34. I'm like, oh, God. Because he had 40, 40 the week before. So I'm like, I can't do that again. And then he got 34 that week. Like, oh, <laughs> well, you were right. He couldn't get 40. Two yep. weeks in a row. He just, just got 30-plus <laughs> two weeks in a row. Um, okay. Um, we, we mentioned Javar Chase earlier. If you had a Burrow Chase stack in week 17, I think when we – you know, when I when I start putting out all these emails with with congratulating the champions of all yep. the various uh, leagues, I think you're going to see a lot of teams that. Well, we saw it already um, in the email that went out today. I mean, how many guys had that Burrow Chase stack to to win yeah. six figures or whatever? Um, yep. Which as we shift the dynasty now, which wide receiver? Because I know you play a lot of dynasty at the FFPC. Which wide yep. receiver would you rather have in dynasty other than Jamar Chase? Is he your dynasty wide receiver one right now? It's him and Justin Jefferson. Those are the top two in dynasty for me. And maybe the uncertainty, because like I, I know that there's rumors that the Vikings are trying to move on from Cousins. Maybe yeah. the uncertainty with the quarterback situation or the perceived uncertainty with the quarterback situation in Minnesota makes um, uh, Chase, the, 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 the that's the tiebreaker, right? And puts him yeah. out of Jefferson. Absolutely. And, and the thing is, Chase and Burrow will be together for hopefully the next 10 to 15 years. So, I mean, that's another guy I, I'm, you know, I'm looking at Dynasty 2 is Burrow. So, and, and Chase, if you can get that hook up, you know, you're looking at what, 45, 50 points every week yeah. on a good week um, with them. So Chase is, Chase is number one, but Jefferson is closely followed number two. The Those narr- are the only two I look at. Yeah, in the narrative too, like with remember at the, I think it was a preseason when Chase was dropping all those balls and he's saying, oh, you know, the, we, they don't have the stripe uh, on the pro football like they do in college. It's it's tougher to pick it up. And he made the adjustment. And then, um, 
you know, if you were betting on, on like props throughout the season, there is probably a span of maybe about a month, maybe just over a month, where if you took the under on Jamar Chase, whatever his projected, you know, receiving yardage was that game, you won a yeah. lot of money. Like he, he, he hit a lull a little bit. And then obviously Higgins had that blow up. We had, we saw Boyd with a couple of blow up games too. But then Chase, I mean, in the money weeks to do what he did, that's going to be fresh in everybody's mind. And, 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 and some people, and I think there's a non-zero chance, Scott, that when we talk about the top receiver off the board, obviously most people are going to be going cup. A lot of people will be going Adams, assuming yeah. Adams and Rogers are back in Green Bay. I bet yeah. there's a few drafts where Chase is the first receiver off the board next year. No doubt. I have no doubt in my mind. I'm, I'm basically going to be open to anything next year, seeing anything. I mean, I'm not even going to say he's going to be overdrafted. Like you see some guys that get picked. It's like, wow, he's really overdrafted. Not in Chase's case. Yeah. You know, Chase could be the number one wide receiver next year. It would not shock me at yeah. all. Yeah. You know, so. uh, you're, you're totally dead on with that. Um, we are definitely of, of one mind when it comes to that. Um, yeah. Let's um, let's, and I don't know about you, like in my dynasty leagues, I, I did the once over on him after the season ended and say, okay, I got to get rid of this guy. Um, yeah. I, I want to cash this guy in. I, I, I don't have this guy anywhere. I really like him. I, I got to get acquire him. Has there been any players uh, on your rosters um, that that um, you're looking to to maybe sell for 85, 90 cents on the dollar if you can get it? Or and, and conversely, is there any players that you think make for nice buy lows right now that not, not a lot of people are talking about that you can get some pretty good deals on in trades? So I'm I'm looking to sell. As strange as this sounds, Devonte Adams. He's getting old. The situation in Green Bay is not solid. We don't know what Rodgers is, is gonna is gonna happen with Rodgers. He has talked about maybe retiring. He may be moving on. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, Devonte Adams is gonna be closing in on thirty. You know, a lot of people will will pay a little bit more than they they would normally for him. So, if I have him on the team and I can get fair value for him, I, I would look at him as a possible candidate. Um, in terms of getting Chase is one, Waddle's another, an undervalued guy. And I know it's tough to project it too, because, you know, we don't yeah. know what, what teams are going to do with like, I think running backs, it's really difficult that it's like playing roulette with running backs when you're trying to trade them before free agency, when you're trying to trade them before the draft, you don't know what teams are thinking and you don't know no. what, what they're going to fall into. Like, like, um, we all, at least I did. I just assume Aaron Jones is going to be a Dolphin this past year. Yeah and, yeah. and then he re-signs with the Packers, and then the Dolphins really didn't do much at running back. I mean, they got Malcolm Brown. They brought him in. But, I mean, outside of that, it was it was sort of like an in-house situation. I would have never projected that. I think running right. backs are difficult to project. There's, there's two guys that I would give you. Is One is J.K. Dobbins coming yep. off the injury. Sure. I think he, he, can, he can be a solid uh, contributor. You saw Baltimore's running backs this year. They were, they were not that good. Um, another guy might be AJ Dillon in Green Bay. He he looks like he's getting a lot. He's getting a lot more snaps as the year went on. He may be that back that that takes over for Jones. I mean, if yeah. if Lafleur doesn't see anything from Jones coming down the stretch here and in the preseason next year, who knows? He may just put Dillon in there as, as a young guy. If if it's love, it could be Dillon too. So and know, and, and the. And, and we've seen like Aaron Jones at the peak of his powers. And, and I would say um, we have, we obviously have not seen that with, um, with AJ Dillon yet, but yeah. um, the fact that there's, you know, dynasty trading to me, it's all about perception. It, it's yeah. all about what, what people believe a guy is worth. 
And I think that um, people look at Aaron Jones and they think about all the big spike performances. And then they see Dylan, who's been solid, yet unspectacular. And, 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 but if you're watching these Packers, we saw, I think they played all season long, Scott, before this um, Packers-Vikings game Sunday night. I think Matt LaFleur had those two on the field at the same time 18 times all yep. season. Then in the Vikings game, they're on the field, same time, same snaps, seven times that game alone. So I think yeah. you're going to see it more in the playoffs. And as long as Dylan doesn't blow up um, in any of those games, which he could, um, then you look at um, a situation where Dylan might be undervalued, where people are still like, well, it's still Aaron Jones, you know, this year. It, it's it, Dylan's nice, but but he's got Jones in his way. Um, and at that point, you could probably snag Dylan on the cheap. Yeah, you know, and another guy too is that Dallas backfield. I mean, Zeke Zeke looks like he's on the down, starting the downside. Yeah. So Pollard could be a nice addition to your team. You know, as an, as an RB three. You know, put him in bye weeks, put him in the flex. You know, he could do something. You know, just like that. Chase Edmonds is another guy in Arizona. I mean, you look at that. Connor's injured again. Um, you know, what is Connor's status for next year going into next year? Is he going to be back in Arizona or is, are they going to move on from him? Right. What are they going to do with, with them? So, and not um, to mention like the, the crop of running backs coming in via the draft too. You yes. know, and there's some decent ones that I don't know if there's any first rounders in that, uh, but there might be. And, and certainly a, a, a solid number of second rounders. I think uh, what we'll see going forward. I mean, JK Dobbins was a second rounder. Jonathan Taylor is a second rounder. I mean, these are foundation dynasty right. fantasy football backs right now. So, um, yeah. Okay, so let, let's move on here and talk about a, a, another guy who I believe was a second-round pick in the NFL draft, and that's Cam Akers, the suddenly, quote-unquote, healthy Cam Akers coming off the um, the injury that he suffered in preseason. He gets activated off IR a couple of weeks ago. He doesn't play in Week 17, but it sounds like he's going to be out there for the playoffs. Yep. With the world-famous FFPC Playoff Challenge kicking off in, yep. my goodness, 10 days, is it already? My, yes, yeah, yeah, it's week close, and a half. closing in quickly. Um, so w- when you have uh, Cam Akers running around out there with, we don't know the health of Daryl Henderson, with mm-hmm. only only Sony Michelle, what are your expectations for Akers um, uh, in the postseason this year? So I don't think you're going to see Daryl Henderson, if at all, Um in the playoffs. So I think Akers is going to form that duo with Michelle where if Michelle is struggling and McVay puts Akers in and he starts excelling and the team gets a little spark, he'll keep him in. He'll keep him in. Um, but I think Akers is going to be the backup. Uh, you know, he hasn't any snaps in, in game action this year. Whether he gets in week 18 or not, I don't know. Um, but it, I don't think McVay wants his first major action or first 50-50 split to be in the first playoff game. So I think you're going to see Sony Michelle as the, the lead back, and I think you're going to see Akers come in and spell him maybe in third-down situations as well, catch the ball out of the backfield. I think they're going to be really careful with him going in because I, I think next year when he comes back, he's going to go back to the number one role, and he's going to he's gonna get 20 to 25 touches a game. So that's what I think from Akers. Michelle's done a good job for them. Michelle's done a really good job for them. So um, Akers will be that that guy to spell Michelle. And if he excels, he'll get a little bit more action. So that's what I think. And they gave up a couple of draft picks to get Michelle in the wake of yeah. Akers' injury. You know, yeah. God, it's so weird that Rams backfield the last couple of years. You know, they've had Malcolm Brown and Gurley and then um, uh, Daryl Henderson and then Cam Akers and then Sony yeah. Michelle. It's just been wild um, with yeah. what they've been doing back there. Now almost everybody's been fantasy worthy at some point there in that backfield. 
Um, he, he seems to get a lot out of his backfield. Yeah. More than people think. Daryl Henderson, who who thought he was going to do what he did in the early part of the year? And he was great. You know and what? And then Mich- Michelle with his knee problems, he came in and he's done great. And Akers last year at the end of last year. So, you know, he I, does a great job. He does. Absolutely. And, I, and, and just a quick dynasty story. I never encourage people to act out of anger or, or panic in, in dynasty leagues. But I had one league where, um, this is a few years ago, where Gurley was, you know, there's a lot of questions about his knee, right? Yeah. And, and I, my whole plan was, okay, and I had Gurley in this league, and my whole plan in the rookie draft was, well, I'm just going to Daryl Henderson here at the 108, and then I'll be good. I'll have the guy. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the guy in front of me, who's actually a former guest of this show, Ron Tupacker Meyer, he okay. ends up taking Daryl Henderson in front of me. So what do I do when I have a contending team? I just blow the whole thing up. I'm like, screw this. I'm done. I <laughs> traded Gurley for a ton of, of, of capital. I traded somebody else. Like Tevin Coleman, when people thought he was going to be something um, uh, in Atlanta. Or so, I can't remember yeah. what it was. But Tevin Coleman's a guy. I, like, I traded all, all this in and um, got all these draft picks. I got a couple of difference makers back. I got lucky on the waiver wire. Well, I ended up making the playoffs that year. Um, I fizzle out in the first round. I just didn't have the talent to compete with the with the halves in that league. But then yeah. next year, I mean, J.K. Dobbins joins my roster. Jonathan Taylor, get, I get him on my team. C.D. Lamb, I, I get him. Ayuk, you know, like all these guys in the draft. And because I raged in that moment and made the, the snap trade uh, to blow up my roster, um, it ended up working out for me. It's a fun story to share. Not something, and I think you agree with me, not something that normally works out for the person deciding to rage trade. Yeah, and, and the thing is, is everybody says, oh, that was a dumb move. But then you look at the next year, and here comes Taylor, and here yeah. you know, yeah. all these players, and it's like, would you think it's stupid? No, of course not. So yeah. I traded Taylor in my home league this year. I got Lamb, Fournette, and Cordero Patterson. Right. And everybody was like, oh, you should have held on to Taylor. I said, yeah. But I wouldn't have got Lamb. I wouldn't have had Fournette. I would have had Patterson. Yeah. And, and I ended up making the playoffs on points. So, you and, know. I, and, and I think, like, you know, like even now, seeing what Taylor did, yeah. look what Fournette did. Right. You know, and, and Lamb's got a long career in front of him in a, in a right. high-flying offense. And and Patterson was such a fine. Yeah. You know, so I, I think yeah. there's a lot to be said uh, for that. I, I, I think right. that's – that's I might have want, right. still want to be on that side of that trade. Um. <laughs> Speaking of um, of winning a lot of money, you have a nice little chunk of change uh, that that came back to you yeah. um, this year after after the twenty twenty one season. Uh, do you have any plans on, on what what you're going to do with? I know it's the better part of seven grand. I think you might have some more cash coming to you after super bracket stats yeah, the final as well. Yeah. Um, what do you, what are your plans for that money? Reinvesting? You do something fun? What are you going to do with it, Scott? <laughs> so I paid some bills. Nice. I, I already paid some bills. Uh, you know, me and my wife are going out for for uh, like a day out tomorrow obviously. And then we're going to, and then I'm going to invest it back in this FFPC and uh super bracket again. And uh, I'm looking at the bare knuckles doing that for the first time and seeing how that goes. Oh yeah. That's um, a, that's a trip, man. That is yeah. a trip watching. I, I see. So the thing with bare knuckles, it, it takes place right after um, the, the, Thursday the, night the, the Thursday night game, the opening Thursday night game. And normally I'm, I'm proxying uh, for, for one of our hybrid uh, big payback, $5,000 leagues. And yep. so I can't really, it's going on in the same ballroom, but it's like different ends of it. So I can't really see what's going on. I'm telling you, there is more whooping and hollering and talking sauce and excitement um, in that bare knuckles draft than all the rest of the drafts combined for the whole weekend. I, it is, I, it is a blast. I watched for the first time this year, the big payback got done and I got to watch like the final, 
eight rounds or something yeah. like that. It's yeah. it's intense, but it's so much fun. It, I watched it last year. Uh, the guy that got me into the FFPC, a guy named Anthony Benuti. Yeah. You know, we we were watching it last year, and for the first time I've ever watched it, and it, it is something to behold with, <laughs> with these guys. It really is. Um, and there's, you know, and there's, you there's can't there's have anything in front of you when no. you're just looking at the board, basically. And exactly. Saying, okay. and, and, and there's, there's a lot of alcohol infused decisions <laughs> in that draft. Cause that, you know, yes, because we have, we have the free FFPC party uh, viewing party goes on for the Thursday night game. So, yep. you know, a lot of guys like to imbibe and, and then they do that draft. And it's so funny because, you know, some of these guys, um, and they had a, a good season, you know, doing it this way. And then you yeah. had other guys like, like, um, Mike Schultz. Um, from um, from the uh, the deep end podcast draft sharks yep. WGR five fifty in, in Buffalo, he yep. took it so super seriously, and he had a good draft too. But but it's just it's a mix of characters. I mean, you could really make a reality show out of that draft every year. I'll tell you everything about the the FFPC weekend is amazing. It is just phenomenal. A lot I of fun. It. I enjoy it immensely. So, and I stayed this year. It was the first year I stayed for the Sunday uh, football. Party, so. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that, that was great too. That's a good time. That is yeah. a great time. Yeah. Um, now, before we can get to Vegas next year, we have to um, um, figure out the playoff challenge. Um, mm-hmm. And a half million dollars is going to be awarded in that uh, with a two hundred dollar entry. Our football guys playoff challenge thirty five dollars entry. Winner still going to get a hundred grand in that. So right. they both have the same format. You have the normal FFPC lineup plus two bonus flexes. So essentially four flexes in this, uh, Scott. And we don't know all the playoff teams yet. We do know a bunch of them. We don't right. know all of them. But knowing what you know at this point, before week 18, who is a player that you think is going to be over-owned and is, is going to be busting out uh, you know, in a bad way, like not, not helping anybody? And then a, a sleeper that um, that is going to be under-owned that might be a difference maker in getting that $500,000. So I would, I would say some people are going to have Michael Pittman on their team. And I'm just not in into Michael Pittman because um, of the everybody. There's a perception of like, oh, for the Colts because you only have one player per team. Perception is everybody's gonna have Jonathan Taylor. I'm gonna pivot off that and exactly. take Pittman. But you don't like that call. I don't like that call at all because I I think the Colts Colts game is running the ball, and I think when you get in the playoffs, teams are gonna key on your best offensive receiving weapon, and to me, that's Pittman by far. I you know T Y Hilton may have a great game. Um, and the other thing is the Colts may be one and done, basically. I know you have to pick somebody off the team, but, um, yeah, some people are going to be like, oh, everybody's taking Taylor, so let me pivot. Let me go Pittman. Right. And when they go Pittman, I just don't think he's going to he's gonna bring back the type of, of deal that you need him to bring back. So um, Cooper Cup's going to be 100% owned. Um, you know, he's going to come through, I think. Um Dallas, anybody on Dallas is going to be a problem for me because they're so inconsistent right now. If you go Zeke, he's not going to do anything. If you go Lamb, they may go Cooper's way or Schultz's way. If you go Cooper, they may go Lamb's way. So anybody on Dallas is probably not going to return investment that you want them to return. Um, and if they play Arizona again, I don't know if they get through Arizona so. Um, that's, that's, those are two guys right there that I think could, um, not return investment in terms of a guy that I think could, could over be, be an underplayed guy. I would go like a Damian Harris, maybe. Mm, mm-hmm. 
I think he might be the only guy in the Patriots you could pick, but I, I think if they get through that first game, I think he could be somebody that pays off big for you in the, in the second game, first and second game. Um, you know, I think everybody's team is going to be basically the same. I mean, it's not going to be many different differentiations. Um, but Cincinnati, I think Chase, you know, Chase and Burrow are going to be highly owned too. Yeah, they could come back with return on investment. I think anybody. I think Justin Herbert, if the Chargers make it, they, he could be a type of player that's undervalued and the, under. The you know, AFC is it's it's such a wild west, you know. Yeah. And I know, like you know, the the Chiefs are are probably the team to beat there. But but even still, I mean, we've seen them get beat this year, you yeah. know. And yeah. and you have you got Herbert, you got Josh Allen, and and the Bills that 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 are going to be thrown into that as well. You mentioned Burrow and Chase. Who's going to have the stones to pick T Higgins as their Bengal? Oh man, that would take some chutzpah. Exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna avoid Burrow and Chase. I'm gonna go Higgins, and then if he blows up, who knows? You know, he may be a guy that's undervalued too. Is T Higgins because yeah. everybody's gonna go Chase or Burrow or Mixon. So what if Higgins has you know eight catches for 128 yards and two touchdowns, and Cincinnati goes on? It could happen. Another guy that Tennessee, Derrick Henry, who's gonna have the stones? Yeah, for him yeah, line? exactly. Yeah, there's another guy right there that could be. A uh, uh, guy that rides you to the to the uh, championship. What about championship. what about what do you think about Dalton Schultz again? Tight end, premium scoring. Dalton Schultz is your cowboy selection. You with like Gallup that? out of, with that with Gallup out of there, I love it. Yeah, because because I think again everybody's going to go Lamb Cooper. I don't think people are going to go Zeke, but maybe Dak. Yeah, and Schultz is a sneaky guy that you know could catch seven balls for seventy yards and a touchdown. And Dallas goes to the championship game, and then you got you got somebody in waiting there. So, well, a sneaky guy to watch out for, not only in the playoff challenge but the super bracket, FFPC leagues, main event, what have you, has been Scott Kobe. You follow now, Scott. I have your 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 Twitter handle SJ Kobe number one, right? That's what Correct. it is. Yeah, so Correct. you can follow Scott there. And uh, and listen, man, congratulations on a very successful 2021 season. Congratulations on. Just missing the mountaintop in the super bracket. Still something to be very, very proud of. You'll be out for your revenge in 2022. Um, good luck in the playoffs. Good luck in your dynasty leagues, too, and figuring those out as, as the season goes on. And, and we'll talk again real soon, dude. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. And thanks to Grapes for our theme music. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Rotoviz Radio feed. It helps us find new listeners. Contact us via email rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think. And follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Thank you.